Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Small Biz Gone Viral, a safe place for stressed out small business owners. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving with a very, very select group of people. My name is Grant LeBeau, and I am your host for two reasons, both COVID-related. Number one, my seven-year-old family-owned coconut energy bar company, Rickaroons, was hit particularly hard by the pandemic, so instead of therapy, podcast. Number two, I am an extrovert, so I miss my pre-COVID interaction time with other humans, so I combined the two and started this show, a place for small business owners to hear the message that they are not alone, and we will get through this together. Today on the show, we get to chat with someone who made a huge pivot from a career on Wall Street to CEO of the Association for Women in Science to Physique Transformation Coach. But first, three quick announcements. One, this show comes out every Tuesday morning. Subscribe if you like it so you never miss an episode. If you know a small business owner, please share this podcast with them. Two, every episode ends with a bonus epilogue of a few rapid-fire questions for our guest to get their favorite and least favorite parts of entrepreneurship, as well as one or two other brutally honest insights. So stick around to the end. Three, lastly, the holiday season is here. When buying gifts this year, please try to shop small. I feel like that has become more of a cool talking point, and we forget it's an actionable way to build communities, improve jobs, and genuinely make the day of some poor human who risked it all to start a small business. Your purchase could be the one that keeps their lights on and doors open, especially true these days. So whether it's Rickaroon's ridiculously delicious pumpkin spice, or locally made scented candles, or just a gift card to your favorite local cafe, vote with your dollars for companies you want to stick around. For a list of ideas, check out our list of unsponsors at smallbizgoneviral.com. More on that at the end of the show. First, our fun fact. Today's sarcastically fun fact is about unemployment. More than 13 million people are about to lose their special pandemic unemployment benefits. These are people who were separated from their jobs by COVID, either because they are a caretaker, their business was shut down, or a host of other reasons. Two-thirds of these people are self-employed or contractors who would not normally be eligible for unemployment benefits. The other third, aka 4.5 million people, are receiving unemployment for up to 13 extra weeks. Bottom line, there is no sunset here. All 13 million will stop on the same day, December 26th, which could mean trouble for our demand-driven economy, which relies on individuals having money and then spending it. For a tidbit of historical context and to check in with the broader health of our economy, as well as our country's broader health, it's time for our recurring segment, Facts and Figures. First, the good news. The stock market is banking on a quick rollout of vaccines as early as the second quarter of next year, fueling the Dow Jones to a record high this past week, surpassing 30,000 for the first time ever and closing Friday at 29,910. Of course, the Dow really only represents a slice of Wall Street, as evidenced by weekly unemployment filings continuing to creep upward the past few weeks, with three quarters of a million people filing first-time unemployment claims last week, which, although modest for this pandemic, 
would have been a record prior to March. Speaking of the pandemic, it's getting worse. By almost every metric, this is the worst it's been, and only getting worse. Current world cases, current U.S. cases, daily death rates, it's all going up. Five million Americans have COVID-19 right now. Every day, more than 1,500 are dying and close to 170,000 are testing positive. With the upcoming COVID-conducive combination of holidays and winter weather pushing people inside, America's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, is warning of a, quote, surge upon a surge. Let's hope the vaccine comes quickly and more people take it than just the 58% of Americans who say they will. My guest today is Corrine Richards, formerly an investment banker and CEO of the Association for Women in Science. She recently took a leap and is now a health coach specializing in physique transformation in her business, Fit Hidden Figure. She is a women's advocate and is a nationally qualified bikini competitor with the National Physique Committee. In 2019, Corrine was named to the most influential people of African descent under 40 by the United Nations. She currently serves on the board for both the Association for Women in Science and the National Speakers Association. She is on the show today to share how she has leveraged her mathematical skills to develop a robust scientific system to help people dramatically transform their physiques in a matter of weeks. I'm so excited to learn all about that huge career pivot from Wall Street to a home gym and how through a wild career change, Kareem is more excited and fulfilled by her work than ever. Kareem, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited about our time together. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on because I feel like your story is the first real hard pivot as a result, uh, or, or at least magnified by COVID. And we're just going to get right into that. So first, uh, tell us about your background and your, your original background, I should say, or, or your, your original career. Okay. Well, first, I'm from Kingston, Jamaica. I came to the U.S. to go to school at Howard University. I studied electrical engineering and then end up in investment banking. Um, after doing investment banking for a few years, I decided to go to Columbia where I studied financial mathematics and have had 16 years experience in investment banking. So I usually you know, occupy a, a quant role in um, organizations like JP Morgan, the World Bank, Fannie Mae. Um, a lot of these uh, huge institutions need someone to you know, gather large sets of data to look at where the market is going so that they can make huge investment decisions um, based on quantitative and analytics. And spoiler alert, that is not what you are doing anymore. No, it's not. Okay. So why don't you tell us about uh, kind of how you phased out of that and the, the, the road you took uh, or that, that life kind of steered you down to get you where you are now? Yeah, so when I was 25, um, I was working at, on the JP Morgan desk in Midtown and I got a call from my dad to say that my mom had two days to live. And at the time um, I was here on a um, student visa. Um, that it, was, it was a work visa because I was with JP Morgan, but it wasn't easy to just leave the country immediately. 
so um, I had to get a, you know, a travel document to go to Jamaica to see my mom. And um, when I got there, she was, she only had enough energy to say, um, uh, oh, Corrine, oh, Corrine, that's nice, that's nice, was the last words I heard from my mom. Um, as she was dying, um, my dad asked me to um, live a more healthy and fit lifestyle because she saw a lot of the same ambitions in my mom. Um, you know, we were very high achieving women. And the idea was that she accomplished so much in her life and she didn't live long enough to actually enjoy it. So she um, was a pharmacy professor. She got her PharmD. She opened up a pharmacy, but didn't live long enough to enjoy the fruits of her labor. So my dad asked me to, you know, live a more healthy and fit lifestyle. And I promised him as my mom was dying that I would do things a little differently from my mom. So it left a huge impact on me. Um, 10 years later, I did, you know, I was following what I promised my dad and I did my, you know, annual checkups. And I remember 10 years later, I was meeting with my OBGYN and she found a lump in my breast. And um, that was, you know, the last time someone close to me found a lump in their breast, they died two years later. So this was a huge wake up call for me. It took them two weeks to get back to me on whether or not it was cancerous or not. And in that two weeks, I had some time to think about what would I do with my life if I literally had two years to live? And um, it occurred to me that I wanted to have, spend my time doing something that's more fulfilling, like literally, leaving the world a better place, having a huge impact on people's lives. And um, I started that quest to figure out what that was, you know, try, you know, trying to find what that true purpose is for your life, right? So um, it turned out that the, the lump was not cancerous, but the doctor said that I needed to live a more healthy and fit lifestyle. And I'm like, shocker, the same thing I promised my dad on my mom's deathbed. Like, you know, what do you mean? I thought I was living a healthy and fit lifestyle. Right. And um, so I decided to go on a, I, I went rogue. I was like, I'm gonna need to crack this health and fitness code, <laughs> you know, um, because, um, you know, this was a life and death type situation. In my, and I, I felt like, when the lump came back, not cancerous, it was like a second chance at life, like get, getting this health and fitness thing right. So I signed up for a bikini competition, which was gonna be um, seven months after that doctor's visit. And I worked really well under pressure, shocker coming from investment banking. You know, you have to put a gun to my head for me to like get things done, you know. So the, um, the show was seven months later. And I, I know myself, I'm not going to show up on a stage not prepared. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out what it takes, right? And so uh, when I competed, I got fourth place. And it made me nationally qualified by the National Physique Committee. Um, but there was a fire inside of me that, you know, I'm not a fourth place type of person. I was going to keep going right. until I got that <laughs> first place title. And um, two years later, I competed again and won the NPC um, overall bikini masters champion title. Got my big belt and everything. And I was, I was very pleased with that. But in so doing, 
I learned so much about health and fitness that I said that a lot of women that were in investment banking and other, you know, career oriented, you know, strong career oriented fields um, would love to know this type of information on your, on your health and fitness. And so that's how Fit Hidden Figure was started. Well, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into how it was started and what the transition was like from investment banking to the world of of physique coaching. Is that a, is that an accurate way of describing it? By the way, so it's health coaching health and coaching. personal trade personal training with the goal of body recomposition. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you made that that pivot from investment banking to, to uh, body, health, coaching. health coaching, right. Uh-huh. And, and physical training with the, with the goal of, of body recomposition. Was that something that you said, Hey, I, I this is my passion. I'm going to go for it. Was it a, was there something in life that kind of spurred you to make that big decision? Cause I mean, that, that's huge. Like you're taking something that is, you have a decade and a half of life experience of, of career experience, doing this one thing, super mathematical, using your training, very analytical, very quantitative into something, you know, into, into basically health and wellness coaching. That's like tangentially, you know, light years apart from each other. Right. Um, Yes, it is. And there's a story behind that. So I was working for FedME and I was working on a project that um, was initially initiated by the FHFA after the mortgage crisis. Pretty much the FHFA, which is the regulators of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they decided- Sorry, real quick, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar- Are government-sponsored agencies. Okay, and they, I, I believe they, they, they both specifically help with uh, or are investing in uh, mortgages, correct? Yes. So um, a lot of banks get financed through these entities so that they can have liquidity to actually provide mortgages through, you know, traditional banking methods. So it's basically the, the government's way of trying to promote home ownership. Exactly. Exactly. And so I was working for them on their trading desk and helping them, you know, get rid of an old trading platform called Stamps which is a platform that they had had for the entire tenure of the organization. So we're talking about a trading platform that had been around for decades. Um, I got in to help navigate them through getting rid of that trading platform into a new trading platform that was used by both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which was more of a um, creating a standard between the two organizations so that the FHFA could better regulate them. So when that project was completed, and they're still now on that same platform. When that project was completed, I was out of a finance job, a traditional finance job. And so I started to, you know, I had gotten my charter, the CFA, the Chartered Financial Analyst, um, you know, charter uh, a, few, a few months later, and I was looking for a run. I'm thinking, you know, now I'm even more qualified. So, you know, finding a finance role is not going to be difficult. And, you know, so I'm like going in um, along the way, um, the Association for Women in Science um, had uh, released their CEO and asked me to step in as an interim CEO. So I decided to 
you know, take on that role for eight months and stare. It's a, it's a hundred thousand member organization. So I got a lot of very senior leadership experience and decided to take that on for eight months and then go back to finding a finance job again. So that role started in, so I ended with Fannie Mae in 2017, uh, August of 2017. This role with the Associated Women's Science started in August, 2018. It ended in January of 2019. And then between January, 2019 onwards, I started looking for a finance job. It turns out that I was getting projects here and there, but not a traditional you know, director of finance role. And um, at that time, I hired Whitney White uh, with Take Back Your Time. You interviewed her in one of your podcasts, which was a great uh, podcast, by the way. I, I got a chance to listen to it. And she came into my life to help revamp. This was just before COVID, you know? So she came in and she goes, Kareen, you know, you're so pressed on getting back into this finance job, but you have this really cool skill of transforming bodies. And it's like, you're fighting it. You're fighting it. You're just going, trying to get this nine to five job when you have this skill that could bloom in a great business. And so um, with a lot of prompting from her, I decided to you know, get the guidance from her and focus on starting the business. So um, that started taking off right before COVID actually. So, um, you know, I was still looking for a finance job. It wasn't happening because um, a lot of, you know, when COVID started, a lot of, you know, consulting jobs were, you know, relinquished at the beginning of COVID. And so then I had that skill to rock back on, you know, at the beginning of COVID and that was the health coaching. And so Whitney coached me through that whole process of starting up the business. It turned out that with a lot of people being in quarantine and now concerned about their health as we're going through this pandemic, everyone else was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm in a pandemic, people with existing conditions are dying and I literally need to, you know, get rid of my obesity because right. this can actually kill me, <laughs> you I'll, know? I'll, yeah, I'm sure that a lot of people were probably having similar uh, epiphanies to kind of what, what you did, or at least, you know, related to that conversation you had with your father uh, after, your, after your mom passed away about kind of what is important in life. And, you know, you, you, can't, be, you can't be buried with your treasure or you, you can be buried with your treasure, but you can't take it on to the next thing. And so life is really just about like that compilation of memories and, and maximizing it to the, to the best that you can while you're on this, you know, on this little planet. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you, when would you say, as, as we kind of wrap up our pre-COVID set here, what would you say was your start? What, what's the starting point of your business of, of, of Fit Hidden Figure yeah, just like on the calendar. Would you, would you say that that started in, in December, January? Um, let me, so I had literally one client in January and I made $300 in January. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fantastic. And in February, it was $1,500, right? Just to give you, a, you know, yeah. about two clients by February. So it was very, very slim. I mean, just, literally very, very slim. Um, yeah. And in March was when 
things started, the, 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 the information of COVID started to come out and then the income went from 1500 to 3500 right? Um, yeah. By about March. And then so it wait, just started wait, wait, taking up. I'm, I'm going to pause you uh -huh. there. Because we don't want to, uh -huh. I don't want to ruin it for everybody. Uh, uh -huh. We have to, they have to stick around past our unsponsored to hear just how uh -huh. things took off afterwards. But I, uh -huh. I but as we wrap up the unsponsored or wrap up the uh, the pre-COVID set, uh, can you touch for me on? I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down into into two parts. One, what were your expectations for 2020 as of like uh, as of New Year's Eve 2019? And then the second part of that is what were your expectations when COVID first hit? Okay, so my my expectations at New Year's Eve of 2019 was that I was going to get a finance director job and make $200,000 a year. Okay. That was my expectation. Then the second question was... The second question was how did you, how would you reassess just, just because... Normally, I only ask people, obviously, you know, this this one calendar question, but because uh -huh. you had made that pivot there, I guess what I'm getting at is by March, had you already decided to to completely forego the search for the finance the, for the director of finance job? So in in business, gotcha. so in March, I just thought I was going to die. I mean, I wasn't getting finance jobs was not looming. Um, people, it, you know, like it wasn't a time when people would hire a finance director, if that makes sense. Um, I'm literally making a few hundred dollars off of health and fitness. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I thought that I was just gonna, I don't know, live off food stamps. How about that? I mean, it was just so, <laughs> it was so dire. Um, I was there at the middle of March. Wow. Okay. But you did have some positive momentum going. So, uh, right? So, you, I mean, you had, hey, you, you had gone up 400% from February to March. And of yes. course, that, that's one of those fun games you can play with, with statistics when you're going from a, a really small number. And, you know, if you, if you go from $1 to $5, hey, you just had a 400% increase. Yeah, but it's uh -huh. $5. So, right. uh, on, on that, uh, we are going to move on to our mid COVID set. And then night, and then you, where you'll be able to tell us about uh, all of the good things that have happened as a result of, I guess, uh, to the backdrop of COVID, um, mm -hmm. which is refreshing for the show where most of the time it's not such good news. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, as always, we're going to take a minute to do our unsponsor of the show. The unsponsor is an awesome company run by awesome people who produce an awesome product. So, Kareen, tell us who today's show is not brought to us by. So, today's show is not brought to us by My Sporty Shop. The owner of My Sporty Shop is Desi Lipova, a very good friend of mine. She makes um, outfits for fitness for women that is imported from Brazil. It's a, literally the only fitness clothing I own, and I've been in fitness for a good four or five years. I've gone through a major body transformation. Um, her, her clothing is very affordable. It's very fashionable. When I wear it, I go into the gym. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to crush this workout. I look good in it. I feel good in it. And, you know, one of the most awesome company I've ever worked with. 
Uh, she can be found at www.mysportyshop.com and she's on Instagram as mysportyshop, my S-P-O-R-T-I-Y-S-H-O-P. Got it. My Sporty Shop. All right. And on that, we're going to move on to our mid-COVID set where we are going to talk about the how, how the pandemic has impacted your business. And like I alluded to earlier, it's, re- it's a refreshingly positive outcome uh, set to the backdrop of obvious you know, tragedy and, and widespread uncertainty and um, all of those other things. So March 15th, I believe, March 15th, March 16th, somewhere in there, the national uh, emergency is declared. And mm-hmm. it kind of starts in San Francisco with cities sort of shutting down and, or going into lockdown and then spreads to many other major metropolitan areas. You're in Washington, D.C. Walk us through kind of those first few weeks and the the evolution of your business as it it related to the timing of COVID. So every year I host an event called Dare to be Great. And this this particular year, Dare to be Great was going to be on March 20th. And It's an event that brings together a lot of women in my network, powerful women, um, where they come to my house and hear a lot about health and fitness. I do it every year and I was doing it, you know, um, even while doing investment banking, it was a way to just give back to my community. And so I was expecting 50 women in my house on March 20th and a DEXA scan van was chartered where they would get a scan of their bodies and a five page report on their bodies and you know, it's, it's an event that is always a slam dunk every single year. And it got bigger and bigger and more popular. So the weekend before this event, it was declared in the DMV area that you cannot have events of more than 15 at a time. And I was expecting 50 women who pay tickets to come to Dare to Be Great, <laughs> okay, to get their DEXA scans and hear, see all the healthy and fit lifestyle. And so I literally had one week to change a fifth, this event from being in person where they, they, you have to scan your DEXA scan in person, okay? I had one week to change that to a remote event, right? And, you know, found a streaming specialist, you know, I don't know how I found that streaming specialist so fast, but anyway, we did a very good event. Um, there were 50 women on. Whitney White was there. She was a sponsor of the event. And, you know, it was a slamming success. So that was, um, that was March 20th. Okay. All right. So um, women started learning about my program and started to sign on, you know, from, from the event, that kind of thing. Um, the arrangement was that they would get their DEXA scan once, you know, places opened that back up and that kind of thing. So people have since then got their DEXA scan. So the following month in April, you know, you're, you know, in relationships, sometimes your significant other, you, you know a lot about something and you try to help your significant other. And they're like, you know what? This is not a teachable moment. Don't try to fix me. I'm not here for you to be worked on. You oh, know? that sounds so, so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so I have always wanted to help my fiance to, um, you know, do a body recomposition. You know, when I met him, he was 300 pounds. And he would tell you that Kareem loved big guys, you know, because he got me when he was 300 pounds. 
And, you know, I, I, I love his heart. He's a, he's a great guy, but I really wanted to help him with his body transformation. So when uh, we were in quarantine, he had nowhere to go. We were stuck in the house together. And um, I helped him transform his body. He went from 40% body fat to 14% body fat in 16 weeks. And so that's what, right after shutdown, when we were all on lockdown, I had four, 16 weeks to just pay attention to him and work on his body recomposition. Around that time, there was this thing on um, Instagram that was talking about instead of quarantine, quarantine, and it became a hashtag quarantine. And so um, I posted about his transformation, which just imagine a 40% body fat to 14% body fat in 16 weeks. I, I put it out on social media and I hashtag quarantine. And that was like a, a smashing success. And folks started to reach out to me, hey, I wanna learn more. Like you got all of that done without going to a commercial gym, you know, cause you know, remember gyms are closed during that right. 16 week process. You know, there was no access to even DEXA scans, you know, um, just, just, you know, it was a lot down. So how was she able to get this transformation in the middle of a lockdown? So it got everyone excited and, that was when the business started to take off. So in four months, your fiance, and by the way, is that a new thing? Fiance? Uh, no, it's not. It's, you know, we, we've been engaged for about a year. Okay. Um, but, you know, he, um, he has just been fighting this whole body transformation. Don't try to fix me. He's been resisting my various attempts to help. And, you know, he actually has multiple sclerosis. So he was one of those that had an underlying condition. So with the, the multiple sclerosis and feeling that, oh, wow, you know, I have an underlying condition, it sharpened his, you know, resolve to, you know, let's, you know, keep this obesity to the side and let's get serious about it. So it literally took a pandemic for him to listen to me. <laughs> right. And so when did you end up, when did, when did that uh, viral moment happen? Th that moment happened in July. Okay. And had you already started to see an increase in business before July? I started to see an increase, but it wasn't a dramatic increase. Okay. It, it wasn't started explosive. To slowly, it was kind of slow, it, it was trickling it, in, linear. It was slowly trickling in from that event I was telling you about, the right. event that was on that I had to go into a virtual event which turned out really well. I um, had a musician come to play live music and she was, she's a, she's a DJ that actually plays a fiddle to the beat of the DJ music. And so I'm, you know, so many of the women that attended was all, you know, zoomed out from all these Zoom meetings and all of a sudden they come to a Zoom meeting where there's like live entertainment and there was, you know, talking about health and fitness. So it was, it got everyone like really um, encouraged to try my health and fitness program, which right. is a 12 week program. So I had started to see a little bit of the increase since that event. Okay. But not the, not the exponential growth that you saw post uh, post viral moment. Exactly. So now we come to July 
and mm-hmm. things, I, I seem like finances are still relatively tight. You're seeing potential for growth, but you're like, had you, had you, uh, at that moment, were you looking at all still, you know, on, on indeed or, or monster, you know, job oh, yeah. okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the, the whole time Whitney is coaching me through this whole process. And, you know, Whitney was just like, look, you need to eat and you need to pay your bills. And look, there is this business opportunity that is popping up. And in the back of my mind, I was still trying to push this finance, you know, get a new finance role. But I I slowly learned while working with Whitney that I was doing investment banking to please my parents, you know, these proud Caribbean parents, you know, you, you should go to an Ivy League school, you should have a high power job, you should be doing this, like, you know, if I had gone to my parents, when I was 18 to say, hey, I want to be a personal trainer and a health coach, you know, they'll be like, no way, Jose, this is not what this proud Caribbean family is about, you know, so I had to do a paradigm shift, it was it was huge. And Whitney helped me through that a lot. Yeah. And so we're going to come back to that because I, I, I definitely want to hear more about what your dad has to say about where you are now, because I'm sure there were huge moments of like, Kareen, what are you doing? You have this mm-hmm. education, and this background, you're going to go be a personal trainer, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so let, let's go ahead and, and finish the, the story of the exponential growth here. What what was the the defining? Um, let's see. Over what period did you see that exponential growth? Was it like, hey, you posted this big thing, it it went viral, and a week later you had twenty people knocking at your door? How did that work? I've never had okay, a viral moment. I, so I, yes. I, I, how do I do it, Kareem? So I only have to give you numbers because I think in numbers and I had said that I wasn't going to share details on revenue, but I just have to give you the numbers. Um, before that viral moment, the business was making 7000 right? The next month it was $22,000. So wow. that's, that's what I'm talking about when, you know, this, and, you know, so we, we talked about volume and have to be able to scale things to be able to get on volume really quick so it was needless to say it was very um it was very tough and challenging but you know i had to take on the volume as it was coming but that's that's what i mean by you know going viral and um you know it wasn't something i planned for it was just that i'm like wow this is a cool transformation let me post about it and I posted about it and then voila, like the, the floodgates just opened and, you know, I didn't have a life in the month of August, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, and how have you been or, or, or where have you been conducting all of this coaching? Because I would imagine things are relatively difficult with gyms being at least out here in California, they're, they're closed, then they're not closed, then they're closed again, as we, you know, we were in San Diego here we hit the, we just, we're moving in the wrong direction now. So now we're in the purple tier. So I think gyms are all closed again. How, how has that all impacted your business? So that's a very good question. So my body transformation, for example, um, happened all in my home gym. I have never really worked out in a commercial gym, right? So the whole business model here is to say, listen, you sign up with Fit Hidden Figure, we're going to give you a meal plan, okay? 
and we are going to train you remotely with whatever you have in your house, okay, to lift weights and train. There was a woman that I coached that was living in Atlanta, and she couldn't find, you know, she's home in the quarantine. You couldn't find places to, to buy weights. You, you know, if you wanted a dumbbell or a kettlebell, you know, it was, you could not find it on Amazon. You couldn't find it at the Dick Sporting Goods. Like everyone was going at this, like, let's buy home gym type stuff. Right. I remember that. So, yeah. So um, what, what I had to do was um, we had like water jugs, fill up like gallons of water jugs. And those were like your 10 pound weights and your, your, your bottle, your wine bottles or like your seven pound weights and all that kind of stuff. You know, we measured them out or get, um, you know, those detergent um, right. gallons of detergent, fill it up with water. That's about 15 to 20 pound weights. You see what I'm saying? And we were, so she had in her office a side of detergent jugs filled with water, uh, gallon bottles, you know, filled with water. Those were your 15, your 10, your seven pound weights. And we would actually meet virtually the way we're meeting now over Zoom, right? She would share her screen where, her, where she's wearing a heart rate monitor. And the heart rate monitor would connect to the phone screen to show me where her heart rate was. So I would know how to push her remotely because I'm watching her, I'm watching her biometric data, okay, and I'm training her remotely. So she went through a huge body transformation just by the meal plan and the remote training, so much so that she got this amazing abs. And she goes, Kareem, I have all this abs now. Now we're in quarantine and nobody can see my abs. Somebody has to see my abs. So I told her, sign up for a bikini competition. And they're, sure enough, they will all see your abs. So she's going to be competing next month. Wow, exciting. So <laughs> you've been able to, I love that. I love that you're bringing people along on your path and like using the public element of it to sort of inspire quick, dedicated uh, change, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. So... You have, uh, obviously, you're not commuting to Atlanta to coach mm -hmm. people. Uh, you're doing that mm -hmm. all virtually. Would you say that the majority, or, or what, what is the breakdown of your business in terms of virtual versus in-person? So I would say uh, about 15 to 20% is virtual. I do have clients that, you know, would come to my home right? Because this is a lifestyle change. This business is about lifestyle change. So I open my fridge, I open my pantry, right? Because what I'm telling my clients to eat, I'm eating the same things, right? Mm -hmm. So when they would come, it would be a whole home experience. We spend time together in the kitchen and talk about, you know, what your meal plan is going to entail. Then we would walk to another room in my house, which would be the gym. And I would have an in-person training session with them. So a good, I would say 85% of my clients still meet with me in person, right? Um, but the beauty about it is this is that you, that client only has exposure to me as opposed to dozens of other people in a commercial gym. Right, so it was a, a more privacy. It's a more privacy. And a lot of, a lot of folks have never even worked out in the gym. So don't, they don't even want to be seen in the gym and training in front of other people anyway, because of the body subconscious issues and all that kind of stuff. And then the COVID factor, well, you want to limit your exposure, right? So, Hey, you just come see one trainer as opposed to come and you go into a commercial gym where you're exposed to dozens and dozens of other people at the same time. Right. Yeah. I, I guess I had never really thought or considered 
the kind of mental hurdle for people who are who want to who who are inspired to to make healthy changes but don't have the experience doing it and feel uncomfortable be you know starting that down that journey in public and so it seems like not only are you in the right place right time for the COVID aspect of it where people don't want to be around it, but, but you're also sort of addressing that concern that people would have about being very public or being in public, trying to make exactly by doing exactly. it. And, and remember some of my clients, I get them at 300 pounds, 300 pounds. Right? right. And, and my goal is for them to lose a hundred plus pounds. You know, this is, this is, these are huge transformation we're talking about. So just imagine how it would feel for someone weighing 300 pounds going into the gym and, you know, trying to figure out the weights and all that kind of stuff, you know, sometimes it can just be an awkward moment for them. So, you know, having that in the privacy of your home or, you know, um, you know, clients who just, you know, have never, you know, used a commercial gym before in many times it can be overwhelming. So, you know, start, start with the basics. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, as I look at my my notes here, you had a change in where you were living, and then perhaps oh. another one, right? And I think there is there's a little bit of a story to be told there, right? Yes, yes. So, um, so basically, um, the the home I was living in um, went up for sale, right? And it went off the market really, really quickly. I thought that I would put it on the market and I would have like 60 days to be done, right? In the middle of COVID, people were still actively buying homes, right? That it went off the market and they wanted a quick closing. They were trying to pay more than what I asked for, right? And they wanted a quick closing all in COVID, okay? And um, I wanted to relocate from Alexandria, Virginia to DC. so. When that closing happened so relatively quickly, I had to quickly relocate to DC. So I moved to DC, right? And um, stayed temporarily by the wharf, um, at the Hyde House by the wharf. And then um, until the, the permanent location was gonna be ready um, up in you know most nor- northern parts of DC. Anyway, when I got there, um, the building was not happy with me doing in-person training in the building. And so that set off a big, uh, you know, basically, no matter what I did, they just didn't want training in their building. You know, they, they, um, so I had to move out of there and come back to the Hyatt House. It was like three different moves um, between uh, September to November 1st, (laughs) you know, um, you know, trying to keep the business afloat and um, service my clients. And, you know, I was really scared that I would lose clients along the way because, you know, I was operating business in, in Virginia, then in Southwest DC, then another part of DC, then moved back to Southwest DC. And, you know, the clients were so happy with their results that they moved with me everywhere I went. But, you know, that was a real concern, you know, that, you know, with all of this moving that, you know, I would have lost clients along the way, but happy to report that didn't happen. That's great. I mean, moving is stressful regardless of of your business but then for you know your business to be uh in person at your home and for you to move three times that's just adding stress on top of stress on top of stress with the backdrop of a pandemic i mean where you don't really want to be moving and out out in a you know mingling with people and you're doing that right back to back to back to back 
And also bear in mind that, you know, I'm not moving just a home, but I'm moving gym equipment, right. which is weights. Like, well, at least you're getting your, your, your daily workout in. It was like, literally, I felt like I did 10 leg days <laughs> back to back. And like, just to give you an example, one of my movement that I do is a, an exercise called a hip thrust. And I personally hip thrust 280 pounds when I hip thrust. So when we talk about moving weights, I'm not talking about a little 10 pound dumbbell here or there. I'm talking about tons of 45 pound plates, <laughs> you know, right. heavy bars and all of that stuff. Like even a, um, a whole, uh, you know, rack, you know, right. workout rack, you know, it was very heavy equipment. You're not moving like the little colored, like little pink weights. And be like, oh man, I'm exactly. talk. No, like you, you are a fitness professional moving Olympic style weights. Okay. Olympic style, exactly. <laughs> Got it. Yep. Um, so as we kind of wrap up the mid-COVID set here, mm -hmm. there, let's see, business is good enough now where I believe you are looking to expand, right? Have you you've hired somebody on? Yes. So um, I've hired a wonderful trainer. Her name is Victoria. And um, I first hired her to train me, you know, first. And that's how I simultaneously trained her into the fit hidden figure isms, you know, and the way we train, because we do not train the, the same way a typical personal trainer would, because we train for body recomposition. And so she has started, you know, since the last time we spoke, she has started and, you know, she's currently um, you know, training all my morning clients that gives me time to spend, you know, to work on, you know, other business related matters. So she's doing the training for the morning people. Are you, is she also doing, because I know that you offer more of a comprehensive program than perhaps the average personal trainer who you see twice a week and you work out with for an hour. You're, you're focused on the nutrition and the lifestyle as well. Is she doing yes. that part too? No. So we have a separate accountability coach. So when the clients get a meal plan, they have to log all the food that they're, they're eating and an accountability coach check their food logs on a daily basis. And so that's an accountability coach that has been with us since about, I want to say July, August. Um, this new trainer started in October. Okay. So currently we have, and um, my fiance, he does all the technology. So a large part of the, Fitness is, is a lot of onboarding of technology because we, you know, monitor heart rate reports remotely. We log in food and we're checking them remotely. So there's a lot of, you know, technology aspects of things. So he's our technology officer. So currently we have me, we have a technology officer. There is an accountability coach and then there's a personal trainer. And then I also have a business manager. <laughs> so she handles all the accounting and bookkeeping and that kind of thing. Wow, this team is so much larger than I than I realized, and I'm sure it's much larger than you had anticipated when you were looking back. You know, certainly back in January when the business was just getting started, but even March or April, where you were like, "Is this the right thing?" May, June, you're still looking for another job. We're recording this uh, in the middle of November, so. Mm -hmm you're in like still pretty much the infancy of the growth stage here, right? The, the viral moment was only, you know, four months ago and you've already mm -hmm. hired a handful of people. 
as I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and make this official. We're now moving into the into the post COVID set here. Where do you see this business going in the next six months? What are, what's the next? It gives, because COVID is not ending. <laughs> Spoiler alert: COVID is not ending its impact in the the average American's life here anytime soon. We're mm-hmm. at 140,000 new daily cases, mm-hmm. and that number is rising. So mm-hmm. people are going to continue to need to uh, have a, a need for your services. Uh, you know, well, they're always going to have a need, but I think that COVID is kind of a, a catalyst for a lot of people who are kind of changing their their focuses. That was a very long-winded uh, phrasing mm-hmm. of that of the question, but it basically is: What are your plans for the next six to twelve months, and how is it going to be so, by COVID's continuation? So that's a great question. So with the holidays coming up, you know, I have about a dozen and a half people who have had significant body transformations. Okay, they're going to see their families for Thanksgiving. They're going to see their families for Christmas whether it's remote or in person, right? They're going to see their families and they'll be like, whoa, what happened to you? What have you been doing? Okay. And then they're going to say, hey, you know, I've been working with Fit Hidden Figure and I'm on this meal plan and I'm training. So it's like, whatever you got going on, I want that for myself. So I literally have a dozen and a half marketing people, right, marketing right. my business. Okay. <laughs> And, they're, and it usually, I expect it to take off even further during the holidays because that's the time, remember, everyone is shut down. So they're going through this body transformation and nobody really knows about it because they haven't been out and about, right? So um, I expect the company to grow um, 3x in terms of revenue, right? I'm already um, hired a trainer. Um, she has capacity to put on more hours. I'm already preparing for that. Um, the accountability coach also has capacity to take on more, um, you know, so that the, the, the plan is to hire another personal trainer as well, but, you know, they have to be trained to get up to speed, but I expect, you know, revenues to go three times what it is right now. That is incredible. So if I'm doing some kind of back of the envelope math here, does that mm-hmm. mean that we were, we are expecting to go from, $300 a month in January of 2020 to let's go ahead and jump 14 months ahead. So we're, we're now January of 2022. Okay. So, so basically a, a year and change from today, are we expecting to have gone from $300 a month to like 60,000 a month? Is that kind of the goal? 60,000 yes. somewhere in there? Yes. $60,000 a month. Yes. From $300 in January 2020 to $60,000 a month a year from today. And, and this being a very heavily, um, uh, he- heavy ser- service heavy uh, business, you don't really have a lot of cost of goods. Is there Are there, are there back end costs that I'm not thinking of? Or is that basically just money in is goes to paying labor and then to you? Money. Money in goes to pay labor, all supplies, the clients pay for it themselves. So, you know. Right. Either the, the milk dates or, or gallons of water. <laughs> whatever they want. <laughs> whatever they want. Um, you know, they obviously buy their own groceries. They buy their water, their supplements and things like that. And the, the, the reason why I'm projecting such a huge increase is that 
Um, right now, not many people know about Fit Hidden Figure, right? Not many people know that there is a program that has yielded tons of results that can be done completely remotely, right? Where they don't have to risk their lives to go to a commercial gym, right? And that they can actually do it from home, you know? So as, as more and more people get to know about it, then, you know, the idea, it's like, you know, right now when I do a sales call um, and, you know, meet with someone and talk about the program, I have a 90% closing rate, right? Um, because once I hear, hear the details of the program, it's just like, oh my God, this is so comprehensive. It's, it has everything, it all makes sense. Boom, 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 it's done. I, I can see how someone would get results from this. Right, and right? you have 18 before and after photos to show. So exactly, exactly. And um, and they and they're massive, massive transformations. It's not a little, oh, you know, I had a little wrinkle here. You know, the, these are massive transformations. We're talking about losing ten inches in your waist in sixteen weeks, especially for the men. Men tend to lose uh, body fat a lot faster. So you know, I see anywhere from in a twelve-week program, people losing forty pounds. You know, six to ten inches in their waist. So these are dramatic changes yep wow so as we go to, to wrap things up here and by the way this has just been i know i said this at the beginning but this has been like so refreshing for me to do an interview with someone who is is seeing such huge growth i just i i feel rejuvenated from it i i, I love hearing your story and, and how you've kind of turned um you know kind of some of the 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 negatives or the the roadblocks that kind of life has thrown up from um you know, from your mom kind of, you know, tragically passing away at this point, uh, 15 years ago, 12 years ago, 13 uh, years ago, 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then pivoting out of, out of what was probably at the time seemed like a, a, another low point where you're, you're in between jobs and looking for something and basically taking something that was a, a passion and something that that made a big impact for you and being able to, to build a business off of that, that now leaves you probably feeling and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but happier, more fulfilled, making more of an impact. You're, you know, with investment banking, you're uh, this is an oversimplification, but you're basically making large amounts of cash for giant kind of faceless companies that we're like what is the real impact I'm making here in the world other than just making money for Yeah, So let money. me, let me rephrase what you just said. Okay. So in investment banking, I felt like I was making already very wealthy men become more wealthy. Right. Right. Um, because you have to understand that I worked for a VC firm. I've worked for wealthy families and, you know, I know how to make money in investment banking. Right. And I felt that I was just making wealthy men become more wealthy. You know, I, I never even, I, I hadn't even been working for a woman to become more wealthy. We know all about the gender biases, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, here, I can help women um, and men, but most of my clients are women. Um, I can help them look, walk with their head a little bit higher, walk with more confidence, knowing that um, they're happy with their physique. They know that they did everything possible to do good to themselves through self-care and better their health, you know, 
And it's just so fulfilling to just watch each client fit in their clothes the way they want to fit in and be able to show up in the world the way they want to show up and, you know, and just be empowered, you know, and that's what I get out of the business. It feels so incredibly fulfilling. I mean, I can't even begin to describe the feeling that it takes when you just see that face just lights up like, wow, look at me. Or go in the guys, go in the mirror and flexing in the mirror, like, look at my guts. Yo, pinch me. This is me. You know, right. I mean, it's just so fulfilling. I, I, I can't even, this words can't even describe how good it makes me feel. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> And as we as we wrap things up here, I want you to tell one more anecdote about the the teacher who told you what you can't do uh, when you were a child with asthma. Yes. Um, so you know, as I said, I'm from Kingston, Jamaica, and you know, I grew. I was born in 1981, and in the 80s in Jamaica, children with asthma didn't have access to Ventolin puffs. So um, when I got an asthma attack, I would have to be rushed off to the hospital to be put on a nebulizer. And um, I had been rushed to the hospital to, you know, near death experiences where I didn't, you know, I could have not made it to the hospital in time to get on a nebulizer to breathe, right? And so my, my parents decided that, you know, for Corrine, she can't do any physical activity. She, they reported to the school, she's not to participate in physical education, not trying to risk her life. So, but I've always been an energetic person. I like to move around and all that kind of stuff. So when it's time for physical education, I would try to get involved. And my physical education teacher told me, Kareen, you're gonna have to live off your brain because you don't have much of a body to live off of, <laughs> right? Live off your brain, okay? And I really took that to heart. I mean, I got a perfect SAT math score an almost perfect Jerry math course. I, I decided that I'm gonna to have to survive off my brain, right? And for many years, that's how I became, you know, as successful as I did in investment banking. And to turn around and like calling myself a bodybuilder is like, you know, a stark difference from what I truly believe as a child. So, you know, I've been able to, you know, really challenge myself intellectually and really challenged myself physically and have been able to, you know, grow in both areas and thrive in both areas. And that alone is empowering for me given where I started from as a child. I, I love it. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with me. I, I remember loving that when we first talked and I, I, I couldn't leave this interview without having you share that with, with, with our listeners. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So and talking about listeners, talking yes. about listeners, I want to give a gift to listeners. Okay, um, let's do it. If if you go to www.fithiddenfigure.com, right, you can get on my calendar and have a free health breakthrough session with me. Okay, but you got to mention that you there's a form, and if you fill out the form and say that you heard about us through Small Biz Gone Viral, right? We will schedule some time. It's, it's just an hour for a health breakthrough. And that is my gift to your listeners. An hour, wow. That is, that is a, a huge gift. Thank you so much. I, I had no idea you were gonna do that. You're welcome. It was supposed to be a surprise. I did I, not tell well, you for a reason. 
<laughs> and you, you also preempted me because I was just about to ask you what where can our listeners find you? But got it, fithiddenfigure.com. Yes, and we're also on Instagram at fithiddenfigure. Love it. Uh, Kareen, thank you so much for, for sharing your positive story with us. And, and uh, you, are, you are truly an inspiration. Uh, and I, I loved having you on. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to your listeners for listening on my story. Um, again, if there's anything I can do to help, please visit us bithiddenfigure.com where our goal is to help make the world a better place. So if we can help you in any way along your health and fitness journey, we're in a pandemic and we truly want to help in any way we can. So please feel free to reach out to us. Got it. Hit, hit, fit, hidden figure. Dot com. Thanks, Kareen. Yes. Thank you for having me. You take care. Thank you to my guest, Kareen Richards. Find out more about her work and services at fithiddenfigure.com. Time now for my unsponsor, which is an awesome small business run by awesome people producing awesome products. They don't pay for a shout out, but they deserve one. Today's show was not brought to you by The Rising Company. The Rising Company is a community hub located in Oceanside, just north of San Diego, that features a co-working space, cafe, and retails local goods from the companies who work at that co-working space. They have a collection of amazing products perfect for the holiday season, including scented candles by Mr. B's Necessities, stationery and temporary tattoos by Wild Habit, beautiful leather purses, and Adobe home goods made by Jess Vargas. As you've probably heard me say, every time you buy something, you are voting for a business and the livelihood of the people behind it. So this holiday season, shop small, shop local, and help build a world of doers and makers. Check out smallbizgoneviral.com for a list of all the unsponsors we've ever featured. This is episode 31, so there are tons of businesses at this point for you to look through and find unique gift ideas ahead of the holidays. Thank you, Peggy Bunker and the Bunkmates, Worldometer, NPR, Robinhood Snack, Morning Brew, and Statista Daily News emails. Someday this will all be over. Until then, stay safe, socially distance, and wear a mask. Vaccine help is on the way. Just hold out a little longer. From a small business office in North Pacific Beach, recorded and edited before and after work hours, I'm Grant LeBeau, and this is Small Biz Gone Viral. And we're back with our quick lightning round. This is the bonus segment where we ask just a couple of quick follow-up questions for Kareen. Kareen, number one, at any point in time as a small business owner, have you felt like the growth process is taking longer than anticipated? Oh, gosh, yes. Absolutely. Have you ever felt like you would trade your current job for a traditional nine to five? I've had those moments, yes. And at any point, and my guess, uh, especially in the beginning when you were doing the $300 a month, have you ever felt like giving up as a small business owner? Oh, yes, absolutely. What is something that you think that non-small business owners can't really empathize with as a small business owner yourself? Yes. So they can't empathize empathize with the fact that you don't have as much flexibility. Most people think that entrepreneurs have a lot of flexibility. They can do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. The truth is that that's not the case. When you're working a 95 job, you have one boss versus when you're running a business, you, you have 18, 20, 25, 30 bosses, you know, and these bosses are your clients. And 
that's what makes, you know, having an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, not easy at all. It's not as sexy as most people think it's, it's rewarding, but the flexibility that has not been my experience. I, I love that answer because I've, I've never heard it put that way that you have, you know, uh, that every client or customer of yours is a boss. I think that is just uh, such a great way of looking at it. What is your least favorite part about entrepreneurship? The least favorite part is that I never know where my meal is coming from. When I was working a nine to five job, I was like, yep, JP Morgan's going to pay me X amount of thousands of dollars on this particular date. And that's how I'm going to pay my bills. But in entrepreneurship, you never know. You never know which client is going to resign with you the next month. You know, which, who is your new client going to be? What is your new client going to be like? So, you know, you never know where your next meal is coming from. And that can be a very scary part. And because this show is, is all about hope and supporting small business owners, what is your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? My favorite part is watching my clients succeed in life, watching them succeed in their health and fitness, watching them get to their uh, physique goal, watching them say, hey, I'm excited to go on the vacation and put on that trunks or that bikini and, you know, and take a selfie on the island of Jamaica and send it to me. Um, those are just very rewarding, just knowing that I've been able to make a difference in someone's life. I love it. And that's it. That's a wrap. Thanks, Kareen. Thank you.